Okay. That's right. Everybody hit record. I, Bill Petrie, was wrong. If you're feeling great, then it's time for episode number 68, okay. Promo Front Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the private of the Power 50, the master of marketing himself, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Now, Kirby, how the hell are you? As you, we are both resplendent in blue today, how are you today? I love me some blue. You know what? I'm doing pretty well. Um, you and I were talking right before we started. Uh, you know, I feel like the team is... is filling out nicely uh we've talked about dustin coming back um and uh so it's had me redefining sort of my role here which is super interesting for me and uh yeah i'm just mentally in a pretty good space right now so i'm doing well how about you bud good i'm doing great i you know i've been traveling a lot uh we've seen the kids and so i'm kind of you know while i'm bummed i'm not going to be at the band together event Mm -hmm. uh, that i usually am every year with danny rosen and i know you're going this year and quite a few people we know i'm kind of amped up and not just because my weekend is going to involve sitting in the backyard while it's 60 degrees outside and enjoying Mm -hmm. that i'm also amped up because we get to share a message from our good friends over at Promo Pulse about their amazing AMP email service. Get the tie-in? I, I know you do. It was impressive. You know, you remember those things, Kirby, retail-looking, end-user-friendly emails that are super easy to use. Kirby, how many steps are there? There are three steps, my friend. There are three steps. That's right. You choose your suppliers. And if you're part of a buying group or a large distributor, your suppliers are already uploaded. So you choose your list. I'm sorry, you choose your suppliers, you upload your list, and then you choose your sending frequency. That's it. You set it. And then you just walk away. Literally at that point, you could burn your office down (laughs) and these emails will still be sent because they're all up in the cloud. And you're going to have these consistent, beautiful outbound marketing all year round. You know what it is, Kirby? What's that, Bill? It's a no-brainer. It is a (laughs) no-brainer, right? And tell me, you've had some great results with those things. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, from the beginning, you know, we were uh, some of the uh, part of the beta group. And um, at the end of the day, it gives you an opportunity as another touch. So I think sometimes we look at it as that direct marketing piece and hopefully you get it, they click on it, you get a order, but it's, it's also another touch. And I think sometimes we undervalue that when people are seeing your name and your brand's name over and over again, that is powerful too. So good stuff. It is. It's being in front of people all the time so that when the time comes, you're top of mind, Kirby. The email looks amazing. It's one, two, three, easy to get started. We talked about that. Results in conversions, quote requests, and gosh darn it, revenue and profits. What a magical, magical thing. So Kirby, again, it's a no-brainer. So if you're interested as a distributor and you want to get in on the ground floor of this, I'm telling you, you you don't want to miss out. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp not going to be sorry you did now kirby i believe i have the promo up front section of the podcast today but before i jump into my topic i just want to touch if you could just wrap up kind of put a nice bow you had an end user show last week and you had some planning about it wearing masks 
And, and then I wanted to hear just maybe a little quick minute or two. How did that go? It went really well. Um, the, the show itself was, was good. The numbers uh, overall were down a little bit. Um, and one of the things I've talked about is needing to reset expectations when you're trying to put on an event like that. Um, I think the, the conversation around masks was very well received. Um, you, you never know. This is not an area where people love to be told to do that sort of thing. I know a lot of areas are like that, but um, we just said, look, we want everybody to be comfortable. And sort of what we talked about last week is, I feel like if no, if you walk in a room and no one's wearing a mask and you really want to, it's hard to be that first person. And so our staff wore masks during the thing. And I think, honestly, I, I think it was probably 50-50 um, of attendees and, and folks being there, which was honestly a little higher than I expected. Um, so I felt really good about that. And then the other piece was interesting was um, while our numbers were down, our top customers were there. And so you know, that's who you really want. And so the, overall, I thought it was, it was really well received. And, and just a quick shout out to the suppliers. Like sure. a lot of multi-line reps have been doing this longer than the, the company reps, just because they had that flexibility. Boy, what a bunch of pros, right? Like they, they roll in there, they set that up, they do a great job. And it was like, we kind of set the ground floor and then they kind of are the, the show really. And I, I just, I'm so impressed with, with some of the suppliers and multi-line reps in our industry. So it was cool. Awesome. Glad here it went well. Love the fact that you kind of set the tone. Hey, we're going to wear masks and that's what we're comfortable with. I think that was a great thing to do. Again, it kind of gave everybody else permission to go and kind of go ahead and do that without feeling like they had to be first. Right. And I love how you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, expressing your gratitude for the multi-line reps, mm. kind of uh, the unsung heroes yeah. of this industry. Agreed. Same with service providers, uh, the unsung <laughs> heroes of the industry. But honestly, in, in this case, they, they really do make that work. And it's a lot of work. I've been to end user shows. I've been part of planning end user shows and executing yeah. them. Without those end user suppliers, without the supplier reps, those things just frankly don't happen. And it's yeah. effort, it's time, it's it's commitment at every level of an organization. So glad it went well. Kudos to you. All right, Kirby, let's jump right into the promo front section of the podcast. Okay. Let's talk some power 50 lists. That's okay. right. That's right. That's right. Now <laughs> I have a long and rich history of complaining about this list. <laughs> and okay. I'm here to tell you, I now love this list. I okay. was wrong. Okay. That's right. Everybody hit record. I, Bill Petrie was wrong. That will lead the podcast. I, I'm not saying anything because that's what's going <laughs> to Yeah, I know. <laughs> So I've come to love this list because it's a really cool way to look at individuals and how their actions not only shape the present of the promotional product industry, but the future of it as well. And I actually spoke with Michelle Bell about this, uh, who was lovely enough to provide the graphic we're going to use for the podcast this weekend. And I asked for that. And we were talking about it. And one of the misconceptions I think people have about this list because they wonder, you know, why is the uh, why is the uh, new new CEO over at Polyconcept number forty nine? Mm -hmm. It's not about Polyconcept; it's about the individual. So mm -hmm. David Nicholson, who left Polycon or you know no longer CEO, he's there in a consulting role, is is 
been replaced. And so there's, there's something different there. And so when, when you look at this list, it's really about the individuals, not the companies they work for. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind, but I did want to run through some things on the list. I'm sure you've looked at the list, Kirby, because I know this is like your Christmas. You love this list like nobody (laughs) else. I I do. I, I enjoy the list. And I like that perspective, by the way, of the idea of it's about the individual. Now I will say the only pushback I would give to you is it's about both, right? Like, because if, if, if an individual is representing a company that doesn't have any influence in the industry, it doesn't matter how dynamic the leader is, there has to be something behind them. Uh, otherwise, Correct. I don't think it, it makes it, sense. It's a mixture, but I think it's with the individual leading that yeah. designation in that place. Yep, I'll buy that. So a couple, couple, couple that jumped out at me, uh, Phil, the chief strategy officer of Bamco, Phil Cousin, uh, love love that as number one because they've done some great things um, mm-hmm. in terms of especially leading during the pandemic. Bamco was very instrumental in doing that on a distributor level. A couple other ones that jumped out at me, Larry and Justin Zavadil over at 10. thought that was great. Yep. Um, Jim Shannon over at SNS Activewear up. He's at number 12 now, up 13 spots from last wow. year. And I'm not sure that's high enough considering the brands that SNS carries, mm-hmm. the way they have built their model out to have multiple warehouses across the country to really fulfill orders as quickly as possible. So I love that. Uh, number 19, Ashley McCune over at Facilis Group. I, mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of working with Ashley very, very briefly, like for a weekend. So I don't know her very well at all. But what I do know about her, she's super capable and extremely bright and intelligent and, and also uh, extraordinarily innovative, which shouldn't be underscored. So I think that's a great one. And then um, I thought this was interesting. Lance Steyer and David Miller from NC Custom, which used to be Chocolate Inn and Lanco, they're number 25 mm-hmm. up 15 spots. I have no idea why. I, I that, that to me was, I don't, I don't. No, maybe I'm missing something. I'm certainly not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of influence we they they really wield in terms of driving the industry. Now, again, I really might be missing something here. So hopefully you can educate me. Yeah, I, I think I, I I've met um Lance. I've met David a long time ago, I met Lance fairly recently. Yeah, I've met both of them. Great guys. Yeah. yeah, and and so I would say that they're one of those that actually um my, my pushback on that, just on a, from a positivity perspective, would be, I think they have the ability to drive some uh, sort of purchasing just based on their, because they own more companies. Uh, yes. It's not just Lanco and uh, Chocolate Inn. They also have a retail presence as well. And I think part of their goal is to bring some of that mm-hmm. into and, and put it in talking to Lance about it. So my guess is that has something to do with okay. it. You, you might be onto something because I was also looking at the new entries this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few of them. And what I noticed with the vast majority of the new entries, they're really outside the industry, but what they do impacts our industry. Mm, okay. So maybe you're onto something with that yeah. one. So um, Mark Katz over at Custom Inc. Mm, yeah. They're not really, they're in our industry, but they're not really in our industry. You know, right. it's, it's, it's online. And he was at 26. Catherine Monson over at Fast Signs, number 29. Kathy Chang, who is in our industry over at Redwood yeah. Classics, uh, coming in at number 40, which I thought was great. Yes. Um, and then the, the one that I thought that was super interesting, and, and I think the one that probably got the most pushback. Okay. Dale Denham at number 50 for PPAI. Yep. And, and I want to get your take on it and then I'll share mine. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think that um, it, my guess is the, the rationale behind it, I'll kind of give ASI benefit of the doubt is like, he's brand new to the, to the position. And so there's probably a, an idea that, look, he'll be higher next mm. year, but at this point he's still in learning phase. And I think Dale would say that. Um, but the idea that he doesn't have more influence than uh, like, you know, he's ultimately he's going to be in the top 10 of that list or it's not an accurate list. Um, and I think, um, that would be my, my pushback on that. But, but I do understand if, if the rationale is, look, he's still brand new, have him have an expo under his belt and then we'll talk. I I can see that. I can see that argument. I I think that is the rationale. That's my understanding. So I think you, you pretty closely hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's literally what I thought when I read it, I was like, it must be because he's brand new because otherwise he should be way higher. But if, if the company you're associated with giveth, it also taketh away. Mm-hmm. And if we're being all honest here, PPAI is going through a huge transition right now. Sure. And it's going to take them time to rebuild the level of service, the level of, of influence that they had. That's not to say that they won't. And I think Dale's the right guy to do it and will do it quickly. So I thought 50 actually was about accurate. And I think Dale would agree. You know, Dale now has the opportunity to do what he does as an individual, but also leveraging PPAI and that platform to really chart his own course in the industry with PPAI, that engine behind him. And as always, this list is completely null and void. And I hate it because Tim Andrews isn't on there. We've talked about that before. (laughs) I tell Michelle Bell this. Uh, every time it comes up, there's no reason that Tim shouldn't be on there. And I know he, I, my understanding is he recuses himself. Yeah. And I get it. I think, I think, I think, I think that's wrong. I would tell Tim that. And and I understand it. If I were in Tim's shoes, that would be my first thought too. Gosh, it's our list. How self-serving is it if I'm on there? Yep. But, but I'll, I'll use an example that that Danny Rosen used on me once when Sandy, my wife was going through a pretty hardcore recovery from a a sudden cardiac arrest in our home. And he and a group of people wanted to put together a GoFundMe page and I refused to share it on my timeline. Mm. And, and I just was embarrassed. It just felt weird. I don't want to ask people for money. It's, I and he said, you are being selfish. You mm. are depriving people who all they want to do is help you. Yep. All they want to do is help you. And they don't know how to do it. And this is the only way they know how. Stop being such a selfish asshole and share the link. And he was right. Yeah. In this case, I, I would really like to see Tim and ASI put him on that list because he deserves to be on that list. Yeah. So I think put him on the list and, you know, if he's on the list and he's number one every year, it would be weird. If he's on the list and like he's number 11, you're like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That feels right. And quick pushback on what you said about Dale. Cause you were like, look, PPAI has yeah. gone through yeah. a, a, um, a transition and obviously transition, they have, yeah. but sure. on the other side, if you were to put together an industry event and you said, Oh, I, I would like to have Tim Andrews and Dale Denham speak. You go, Oh, wow. This is a real event, right? Yeah. Why? 
because they have so much influence in our industry like so well dale dale's on the list he's number 50 i think that's where he for right now that's where he needs to be now i checked now what asi doesn't know kirby okay deep into the archives they have no idea what kind of internet sleuthing i can do (laughs) okay you my friend are number 74 on the most powerful (laughs) list so congratulations that now I had to leaf through a lot of pages and I am number 2,301. So we've got our work (laughs) cut out for us next year. Yeah, whatever. No, it's a really, again, you know, we talk about it every year. I love lists of all kinds. I I, do. I I think they're fun. Um, I actually, this was one of those where I didn't have a lot of issue with it. The only one I had where I was like, ah, and I did want to say, I think Kathy Chang being on there, like she has be- become such a model yep. of, of doing business in a certain way that uh, again, yep. I-, I think it's worthy of another shout out, but yeah, my only pushback would have been Dale. And I, I, I think Dale should be higher, but yeah. no. Okay. And your pushback is, is, is completely wrong. So anyway, do you have <laughs> another topic you'd like to bring up Kirby and thank you to Michelle Bell for kind of uh, chatting with me a little bit about this uh, today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so uh, this is a topic I got off LinkedIn and the headline of it was QR code backlash has begun. Oh boy. Which I thought was fascinating. So I talked about how QR codes at the early part of the pandemic were like a staple in restaurants because we didn't want to touch menus and all that sort of thing. But as uh, establishments are increasing their capacity, uh, the QR codes are becoming unpopular uh, with diners. And I'm trying to say it impacts the bottom line where they've shown that reverting to paper menus has not only increased sales, but it's increased guest satisfaction. So mm-hmm. I, now whereas I am like kind of, I was surprised by this and, not, and not, right? Like, but not I, at all. Yeah. So I, so I think it's like, it's not QR code backlash has begun in my opinion. It is mm-hmm. QR codes specific to restaurants when there's other options. Do you think, I guess that the question is, are QR codes going to like, cause they came up, they went away. Now all of a sudden they were back again. Are they going to go away again? But I don't know. I, I you know, here, here's why the, the report you shared doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. I've used my phone to scan QR codes at restaurants and it's been an amazingly easy experience. I have scanned QR codes at restaurants and it's been nothing short of frustrating. It's all hell. Yeah. So I don't like the, the, your, your, your mileage may vary experience. I don't sure. care for that. Yeah. I think the other thing I hate about the, the QR codes in the restaurant substituting for menus, I go to restaurants so I can enjoy the company of who I'm with. And the last thing I need is a reason to stick my face in my phone. For whatever reason, I know you could say you're sticking your face in a paper menu, but for some reason that seems a little more social mm-hmm. than being on your phone. And so I think I don't love the QR codes in the restaurants. I think there's a place for them. Now, see, here's, here's where I'll kind of talk out of both sides. Yeah, of my mouth. Okay. In, a, in, in a sit-down restaurant, I don't like them at all. Right. At a bar with a long beer list, I think that's a perfect application for yeah. them. I can check the beer, learn a little bit about them. Plus, from an inventory perspective, as we are still experiencing supply chain things, oh, man. Yeah. it does give the restaurateur an opportunity to take things off the menu, you know, a little more quickly than I'm sorry, we're out of that tonight, a paper menu. So 
I don't think they're going to go away. I just hope there's a little, little, little more standardization. So that it's a, a, a good experience. Yeah. I mean, how many times when you're at a restaurant, you scan it, you look, you kind of decide on something and then you go, Oh, I want to look again. I'm like, I don't, okay. I got to scan it again. <laughs> it's this continual. <laughs> do they, they have Wi-Fi, And so it's really yeah. slow. Yeah. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. So I, I, so I think from the perspective of specific to the menu, right. Specific to food service. I think they are going to go yeah. away to a degree. I actually mm -hmm. like your example of the bar because there are some places you go in and you're like, I don't want to touch anything. So I'll, yeah. Um, but yeah, a nice restaurant. I want a menu at this point. Um, and there are ways to, to print menus that you can still wipe them off and make them sanitary. I actually think yeah. where it's not going to go away are other platforms, other Correct. uses of them because the technology has become so much better. Like I actually see the prom promo industry is continuing or growing in using them um, to drive people to specific sites to uh, you've got a hiring event and there's, you know, you go to a career fair and you scan in their thing and they can, you can apply right there. I think there it, it's about the application, not about just, you know, the, the QR codes, if you take it out of food service, I don't think they're going away at all. No, I don't think they're going away at all, but I do, I do think they're going to go away in food service for the most part. Yeah. I think that probably. Cool. All right, Kirby. Um, sales is dead, Kirby. Sales is dead. That's right, Kirby. I'm declaring it deceased today. Sales is dead. Marketing my and content. Yeah, marketing and content is the new sales. Now, no, stick with me here for a second. Okay. In the traditional sense, when I think of sales, now people have gone to market. You know, sales is one of these management fantasies and it's a prospect and client nuisance, right? Think about that. What's the traditional approach, Kirby? I'm going to somehow contact someone, mm -hmm. whether it's through a phone call or a cold, regular cold call or whatever. I'm going to contact someone. They're forced to engage with me or ignore me, one or the other. Let's say that they finally engage with me, but if they do, they're usually interrupted. They're in the middle of something. So you're already in a, in a slightly hostile situation. Sure. Um, and then you end the phone call with, well, hey, you know, if you need it, you know, they're happy with their current supplier, provider, or whatever. And you say, well, hey, if you ever need anything, give me a call. Like they're ever going to remember you. <laughs> Sales in the traditional sense is dead. Customers and prospects do not want to be placed in those situations any longer. So I'm being a little flippant. What I'm really thinking here, Kirby, is cold calling is dead. Any sort of, I don't know, I'm going to go to this building in Canvas. I'm going to send out emails to people I have no idea who they are. I think that's dead. I think the goal is to have only warm calls because the buyer's already signaled that they're interested. Now, I've got a couple ideas here, but I want to get your reaction to my vitriol first. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But what I would say is what you are saying is shitty salespeople are dead. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, th I don't think that was working well five years ago, um, going into just random places and calling and not knowing anything about the business. I mean, these are the kind of things you and I have been railing against for years. That's yeah. not, that wasn't a, a, a great solution before, but I think that there, so my initial, re, is it better if everything's a warm contact? Is it better that they've found well, out sure. about you through content? Yeah, absolutely. But I also think, I still believe there is service and sales. And what I mean by that is guiding people to things that they know they should do, but people are not great at making decisions to change. And sometimes sales is the act of guiding them there. Okay. So you, you hit the, the word is 
the word you use that's correct is service. That's really what it oh, is. I use a lot sale. of words that were right, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> that's the main one that was right. I mean, here, here's the thing. But how many companies do you know when they say, man, we need to hire salespeople. We want someone aggressive. We want a hunter. We yeah. want someone who's good. I hear that still waste too often. It's ridiculous. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, warm calls are obviously we all want them, but it's time to invest less in this antiquated thought of i need a hunter i need someone's gonna go get me some business and mm -hmm. i because i still hear that mm -hmm. all the time and yep. i know you do too because i see you nodding your head yeah it's time to focus and invest more in, in marketing and less on that traditional hunter and the focus should be more on what you're talking about so we're actually kind of converging here it's that relationship building it's helping people get what they want and sometimes they don't even know what they want. There's where the sales part comes in, sure. but it's not this, I'm hunting, I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting this. It's it's not selling, it's listening and discussing and finding a solution. It's using marketing to pre-qualify. So when they do come to you, mm -hmm. they're already halfway sold. I mean, yeah. shit, Kirby, what's the, what's the close rate on your traditional hunter? 5%? Yeah. What is your close rate? I'm serious. I'll tell you what our close rate is. What is your close rate on? Because you and I approach sales very similarly in terms yeah. of we want people coming to us. Of course. Right. Yeah. What's your close rate? 60, 70 percent, a lot higher than 5 percent. Yeah. And ours, yeah, yeah, ours is about high. 60 to 80 percent. So yeah, I mean, by the time, again, like you said, once they're in the funnel that way, it's really not about whether they're going to buy. It's about what they're going to buy. And that's why they've come to us is to find out what they should, right? Um, Correct. So what I saw, and I, I think you agree with this. I love this topic. So uh, this is this is great. I, I've been thinking a lot about it is I think that the what we saw over the last 18 months is these the salespeople who were more mm -hmm. marketing friendly, who mm -hmm. understood how to market themselves, who had to do, you know, personal branding, who, who would... Uh, take the marketing from the, from the, the company and then would promote it and would, you know, engage with it. The things we've been talking about for years, those folks right. seem to do well during this. I've seen several people I, I give a shout out to Meg Erber. You had mentioned SNS mm -hmm. earlier. She like, yep. she's one who I use as an example, who has like really catapulted herself sort of into the industry spotlight because she's like, look, I can, I can go in and show you the shirts and stuff like that, but doing the podcasting and, and doing TikTok videos and setting herself up, she has like, all of a sudden she, I think of her. And so because right. she's meld sales with marketing, those are the people who I, I feel like are doing better. Agreed. The challenge is getting people, and I hate to say, I hate the term sales funnel. It's something else I'm going to talk about probably in about three weeks when I really want to formulate my thoughts on that. But okay. it's really just getting people involved in the process. And that's right. the hard part. And we used to say in our organizations, hey, every person in this organization is a salesperson. <laughs> I completely disagree with that. Mm. Every person is two things in an organization. One, customer service. Mm -hmm. But two, just as important, every person is a marketer. Mm -hmm. So you use, use Meg Erber as an example. You know, the reason she does the things she does is the same reason you do what you do, I do what I do, is so that when our target audience is ready to buy, we're top of mind. Yeah. We, we keep, we, I said it earlier, you keep it in your mind, in their mind, so that when they want to buy, you're top of mind and they think of you. So it's an interesting topic. Um, yeah. But I do think traditional sales, for the most part, is really, really dead. 
that initial start now, from my perspective, it's not about the cold calling and the hunting. It's about being approachable. It's about explaining who you are and the values you provide in ways where it makes potential clients and prospects, same thing, want to come to you. Yeah. And I, so, so it's, it's interesting timing, right? Because we're getting ready to roll out sort of a new service that we're going to do. And I do find myself back in that traditional sales role. And, yeah. but it's funny because I'm, I haven't done a lot of content around this yet. And so what I've found is I'm reverting to doing sales and trying to set up appointments so that I can get up and do an actual sales presentation. But I think you still got to do that. Be, be, and now, if I, the caveat is I'm reaching out to people. I already have a relationship. So I'll set that appointment, right? I, and so I get exactly. it. Exactly. But in that moment, I'm sitting in front of them. I need to explain to them why they should give a shit about this. And that's sales. I, I, at, at, at no, that's relationship building and explaining, you know, it's, it's, you're not you, selling to me is, is you're, you're trying to, you're, you're trying to convince someone to do something they may or may not want to do. Hmm. So, and I think in that moment, I mean, we can sit here and parse words, right. we're kind of saying the same thing in yeah. that moment, you're trying to make sure that the solution you have is going to benefit them. So at the end of the day, they're happy with the solution. You're happy with the, yeah. the, the price you charge. It's just an interesting topic. It topic. is. It's a great so. topic. So I appreciate you bringing it up. It's fun it, it, because it, it, because it hits so close to home. Cause I'm literally, yeah. that's, that's sort of what I'm kind of living in right now. So it's really interesting. The, the other thing I'd add real quick. So I know you're, you're about to roll out a new service and you want new customers, people who don't know who Kirby Hossman and Hossman marketing is. I'm assuming is your first approach going to be knocking on a door, picking up a phone, or are you going to be using some sort of marketing to soften that blow before you know you show up? It's a great question. I, and honestly, because it's a new service, is a service that we won't, we've not offered to our current client base. So the first thing I'm going to do is talk to our current client base about it. So I'm not yeah. knocking on new doors because right. then if I can get the, what I always call low-hanging fruit, these are people who already mm -hmm. like, know, and trust us. Um, well, then we'll have, the yeah. data to show new prospects that it works. Does that make sense? Yes, but how will you approach them? Oh, I, I think you're right in the sense that, but because yeah. that's what I do, right? We do content. And, and that's, I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's the approach now. Yeah. It's not it. just about you know canvassing a building or, or blasting out a thousand emails to people you don't know. I'm not yeah. saying email marketing is wrong. I'm just saying it's yeah. it's part of it's part of that soft sell or yeah. marketing approach. Anyway, yeah. we All could right. go down a rabbit hole on this. Do we have time for one more? Do you have another one, or you want to go to a game? Um, I, I'll tell you what. Let's do a super quick one because we are getting super quick to the time. And and usually we say super quick, and then it's ten up. minutes later, yeah. I promise we'll be quick. Okay, so this and this is so a hybrid events is the deal. Yes. So Common Skew is doing SkewCon at mm -hmm. uh, in Vegas, but they are mm -hmm. offering a hybrid component so people can listen, watch mm -hmm. in. I, a not a surprise that they would do something that was I think pretty cool like this. So kudos. But I'm curious. We like this was a topic of conversation. Oh, hybrid's going to become a thing. I'm right. curious of whether it is. I, I want to know, I, in my mind, I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, okay, we can do a live events again. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Common Skew's doing both. And I, I, again, I give them credit for doing it. I wonder if this hybrid concept's going to go the way of the dodo bird for most places. I say it goes the way of the dodo bird for one reason, one reason only. There is a vast difference between experiencing something and seeing it. 
when you are virtually seeing something, when you're, you're seeing it, when you're watching a television show, when you're watching Hamilton, the play Hamilton, when you watch it on Disney Plus, you are seeing it. When you're in the theater, you are experiencing it. Not that one is better than the other, but they are radically, radically, radically different. So Ooh, I, like I think I, I think you'll pick your I think you'll pick which way you want to uh, you know consume that you know based on excuse me based on proximity based on a, a number of things. Yeah, and I, I think that what what um, Mark I've talked to Mark Graham a little bit about this. What the the hybrid does give you is, and I'd say from our team, is that. People who wouldn't, I would just wouldn't take to Vegas. That isn't what they do, but they could experience it in some different way. And so I think so, that's where, if you can do it, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I'll just be curious to see if people do it. I, I love that it's being offered. I just don't think it's a long-term thing. I think it's one or the other. Um, and again, it's a different exp- experience, period. <clears throat> okay, cool. All right. All right, man. You ready for the game? It is time to mullet it up for the party in the back, Kirby. What you got? Let's get going. All right. So I love that you just talked about the experience of live Hamilton versus Disney Plus Hamilton. Because the theme, we're going to do a fill in the blank. And the theme this time is live music. All right. (laughs) I I thought you might like this. Okay. So I'm going to give you a sentence with a little fill in the blank. Give me whatever you got. Okay. 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 The best thing about having live music back is just being immersed in the experience you know i I, again i can listen to things on on uh, my ipod or i can watch on youtube it's just different when you're there you get to notice all the small little things you get to decide what you're watching as opposed to the camera deciding what you're watching no i love that that's great i love it the worst thing about going to live music again is uh for men uh, the word trough comes to mind <laughs> when you have to go to the restroom. Uh, there are a few things worse, worse than having to use a trough. Um, the second worst thing, uh, bass solo. Okay. All right. Third worst thing, drum solo. All right. So parking's not on the list. I, I was a little surprised about no. that. Okay. No. The band or artist you most want to see live in the next six to 12 months is that's a really good one uh i'd have to say right now top of mind is uh tremonti he was uh the guitarist in creed which i know people will wrinkle their nose at and i'm not a huge creed fan but he has he's also in alter bridge and has a side project where it's just him and it's a very heavy hardcore um hardcore scene which i want to hear so i'm gonna say that but i also really want to see zach brown here in the next six months mm, zach brown so awesome. i'm gonna go have you ever like seen super zach? super no so i'm gonna go like super like low-key and then super hardcore raging death metal beautiful yeah zach brown is a great show yeah um the best live oh wolfgang van halen sorry i want to see wolf uh, mammoth okay. wvh um i've tried to go see him twice but he opened for guns and roses and i didn't want to go see that big stadium show again so three you got three, okay. three that's I great see. that's a, that's good actually i yeah wolfgang that's a good one mammoth uh, wvh yes sir so the the best live music venue you have ever been to is oh easy the ryman auditorium here in uh, uh, nashville it's the mother church of country music. It's called that because it was built as a Mormon tabernacle. And so mm. acoustically, it is the richest sounding room I've ever been in. 
Uh, I saw, believe it or not, Alice in Chains there, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And just like I said, acoustically pristine. That's awesome. Okay. So the best band or artist you've ever seen live, and I, I, I say that as a different caveat, not your favorite band, but somebody who really yeah. performed well live. Yeah, the, the, the show I walked out just kind of shaking my head and wow, was Paul McCartney in 2002. Really? Uh, we were living in New York City at the time. And it was um, about <laughs> eight months after uh, the 9-11, uh, after the mm. World Trade Center, you know, uh, the, the tax on World Trade Center. And we got just amazing seats, sat on the floor. And it was one of those, you know, people watching things. You see Chris Rock walk over here and Howard Stern's walking around over there and Billy Joel's back behind you. And so that was kind of weird. But just when, I'll never forget when he sang Freedom, which was a song he wrote at the time about, you know, just being an American and all that. Just, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. That was one of the shows I walked out of just, wow, that was just mind-blowingly amazing. That's cool. And by the way, the humble brag that you got seats in front of Billy Joel was super well done. Um, yeah, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm not going to uh, tell you where D. Snyder of Twisted Sister was sitting. <laughs> uh, okay. The band or artist that you think has the best merch is? Best merch. I have to say uh, Foo Fighters have All some right. really, what they do every town, they have a dedicated poster just for that show. They have dedicated merchandise just for that show. And I think they do it better than anybody else in terms of, uh, you know, creating that. I went to see them in, you know, Euclid, Oklahoma or wherever someone may have gone and seen them. I think it's great. All right, cool. Uh, just a couple more. This is fun. I, I, I thought you might like the whole live music I do. topic. I All right, do. the band or artist you would most like to hang with after a show is? Oh, that is a good one. Huh, I've always said, I, can I go any era, anytime? Don't care. I'm going to say Van Halen, right about two years after Sammy Hagar joined the band. There was a period of five years between 85 and 90, where every time you saw those guys, they were smiling. They looked like they were having the best time on the planet. Yeah. And I thought that would have been a fun hang. Okay. I dig that. If we didn't mention Van Halen at some point, that would have been weird. Um, I, I'm trying, like, I'm, I'm not deliberately not mentioning Van Halen, but I'm answering your questions honestly. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the band that you like, but were not a huge fan of live is... Speaking of Van Halen. <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, David Lee Roth. Uh, so yeah. they did, okay. uh, he and Sammy Hagar did a tour in 2002 called the you know it's like the heavyweight champs of rock uh, tour I remember that, yeah. and they alternate they, they alternated on nights who would open and who would close and uh sammy hagar opened the the time i saw them and he was great and david lee roth came out looking like a platinum uh uh you know, platinum Frankenstein Skeletor dude was dressed in sequins. <laughs> and it was like the worst Van Halen cover band I've ever seen. And I walked out. Well, that's, that was really cool, man. That was really fun. And yeah. uh, I, I appreciate your that perspective. Was that was it. Man, you I, nailed want it. To, I want this to be like a five hour long podcast <laughs> now. Cause I mean, I am so that, that, that type of topic, man, I got to tell you, it amps me up. You know what else amps me up, Kirby? It's that, that email service from our good pals over at Promo Pulse. That's right. Oops, Jason Noakes did it again. Speaking of great songs by the one and only Britney Spears. That's right. He did it again. We've talked about Promo Pulse and their amazing amp email service. Three 
three steps to doing it. You, you choose your suppliers, you upload your list, you choose your sending frequency, then you set it and forget it. So I guess that's five steps with step five being forget it. So it's that easy, elegant email solution delivered right to your clients and it keeps you top of mind so that when they're ready to buy from you, you're on their mind. It is a no brainer. We've talked about that. Great results turn leads into conversions and sales and profits like this. That's right. A snap of the finger. It's just that simple. So anyway, you want to learn more? Of course you do. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp. You're not going to be sorry that you did. Now, Kirby, I want to thank you so much for having the courage to podcast with me. I bid you a fond adieu. Free Brittany. That's right.